and draws near And my time has come Still my soul will sing your praise unending
Good evening. This is the this is the closing of his letter. And Paul is going to emphasize certain things that he thinks that are important to the life of the believer and also of the church. Things that he sees as crucial. And he's going to use words that are going to emphasize these things. And these words will be so much so for the church in Crete, where Titus was, the church in Crete, but also for Titus himself. Commandments that will, that will make the grace of our Lord magnify in their life and be a visible testimony to those around them. An occasion, an occasion, a believer can get distracted by things in this world. You know, have you ever been driving and all in a sudden as you're driving something off the road caught your eye? And, and you're driving, and for a moment, you take your eyes off from the road under the wheel, and you look and say, oh, What's that? And you look back, and you're going too fast, and you're about to hit someone in front of you that, su- that suddenly stops, and you have to immediately, like very quickly, recuperate and hit the brakes or, or swerve something. And an accident almost happened. Why? Because you, with, you, we take our eyes off. The road are what is important, and we get distracted. That happens so often. As it's never happened to you, well, I know you're lying. <laughs> no, it happens, it happens often, right? Sometimes, sometimes, not often, sometimes it happens. Well, it can happen to the life of a believer also. A believer can also be distracted by the things that goes on in life, in this world, obligation, um, Pressures, whether they're financial or family, or, or doubts or uncertainty about the, the 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 future, things that belongs to life. On the other hand, as a believer, one can be so into your own religious life that forget everything around you. All in a sudden, your religious life becomes the center of your attention and you forget everybody else. You got to have all these marks, all these checks thing in life, and you go through your list and we go through and we go through our, through our list and make sure all of the, the things are checked and we forget everything else and everyone else and people around us are reality. Both things both things can be a distraction. But the truth of the matter is this. Because sin is ever present in our life, even though after we are come to the knowledge of the truth and the grace and salvation of Jesus Christ, sin is also there present. There are certain things we need to be reminded of over and over again. And it doesn't matter how many years you have walking with the Lord. It doesn't matter how many years as a believer we have, there are certain things we need to be reminded over and over again. Because once you get into a routine, into a rhythm, and and then we feel so confident, right? We can become so confident in our religiosity. We can become so confident in our Christianity. We can become so confident in in life itself that there are some basic essentials that we can forget. And this is what Paul is going to stress at the end of this letter. He's going to stress precisely that. And he's going to give some, a, a list of things to Titus, because this letter is directed to Titus. He was sent to Crete to put in order different things in the church over there. If you go to chapter 1, you will see that he had to put in, the first thing he had to put in order was the leadership, the pastor's leadership, and, and the requisite, and who could be a pastor or not. And then in chapter 2, he started putting in order the different um, groups from the church. He speak to the men, to the women, to the young people, the younger women, to workers, to, to, to bone servants, and how their attitude and their action should be adorning the grace of God. Well, at the end of the letter, 
is going to remind Titus to remind them and also remind himself of certain things that are important. Let's read chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, if you would please. It says, this is the end of the letter, and he says, Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy towards all people. To show perfect courtesy to all people. The Bible, te- the Bible tell us that we are the salt, the light of the world. That we are witnesses of Jesus Christ. That we are called to show his love and, the, and, and his excellency to all men. It is, um, it is understandable that Paul would, force, would first um, focus his attention and telling the, um, the people from Crete to have respect and to have a, a, a respect towards authorities. When you read chapter 1, you know what was the nickname for the people of Crete? Wild beast. That's what they were called. That was their culture. And that culture of creep into the church. So Paul is saying, remind them, remind them that there be submissive authorities because that was not their culture in the world, in their former state. That was not their culture. To be obedient, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no one, to, to obey and to, and to be submissive, it was not common to them. It was not common. But now that they were believers and they were under the grace of God and with the knowledge of Jesus Christ, their community should see in these crit in these believers a different type of Cretans, a different type of person, a different type of citizens. To live it, to practice it, is to be more effective and show and show a most powerful message of the believer. But if the believer showed that message, he will also show it of whom? The church. The church of Jesus Christ. If they will show this message, it will be the testimony of the church. You know? Paul mentioned the same thing to Timothy in chapter, in Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. Telling the believer and the church that their attitude and relationship towards governor, to, um, to those who govern an authority, should be one that exemplify Christ. Should be one that exemplify Christ. We see in Christ's example, the example of even the apostles, and the example of the scripture that call us to pray for those who govern, for, to pray for those that are in authority. My first call and attitude towards someone in authority ought to be to pray for them. Pray for them. No matter who they are, pray for them. And as believers and at the church, the Bible compels us, and Paul here is compelling, is compelling Titus to remind the church to look at what he saying verse at the end of verse one to be ready for every good work. And you're gonna see this very same phrase. Repeated three times toward the end of this letter, emphasizing to be ready to every good work. At the end of verse two, he said, to show perfect courtesy to our all people. To our all people. Because you see, the church, 
the message of the church is not cater to attract one group of people. It is the message of salvation. It is the message of Jesus Christ. It is, it is the gospel. And it is, as far as we read our scripture, for all people. For all people. And it's by our conduct and readiness for good work that we show that message. Now, why is he saying, why is he reminding them of this? Why is he reminding them to be uh, obedient? Why is he reminding them to be submissive? Why is he reminding them to be ready for every good work? Why is he reminding them to speak evil of no man, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, to show courtesy? Why is he reminding them of this? Look at verse 3. For we ourselves, he says, we once, we once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slave to various passions and pleasure, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. Pause there for a second. The Apostle Paul is clear. The reason you have to remind him of this, because you see, sometimes we forget. Sometimes we're so quick to point fingers. Sometimes we're so quick to condemn. Sometimes we're so quick to murmur. Sometimes we're so quick to criticize. Sometimes we, we, we are so quick to see evil in others and in everybody else. And Paul is saying, listen, let's remind them of these things. Let's remind them to be gentle. Let's remind them not to be talking evil of, of a man. Let's remind them to be to be obedient. And the reason we, was, we should be reminded of this is that we ourselves, you see, he, he, he include himself there. It doesn't say because they. He said because we ourselves. He include himself there. He said we were once foolish. Let me ask you, doesn't sin make men foolish? Does not sin make man do foolish things? Does not sin make man do evil things? Yes. We were once foolish, it says. Disobedient, led astray, slave to various passion and pleasures. Slave. That's the right word. We were slave to sin. Even when we didn't want to sin, we sin. We even didn't even call it sin. We just call it an habit. <laughs> or we call it entertainment. Or we call it relaxing. Or we call it our own time. We call it an illness or what have you. For we are several one foolish Slave of pleasures and passion. Listen to this. Listen to the last phrase. Passing our days in malice and envy. Hated by others and hating one another. I don't want to um, bring up the past of anyone, but it won't take it does not take um, very much to remember what one was before the Lord Jesus. It does not take long to remember the words that used to come out of our mouth, the thoughts that we had, the things that we fear, the things that we harbor in our hearts, the conduct, the envy, the hatred. The, oh, I'm going to make him pay you wait. The attitude. All this in the pride. For we were once foolish. But then he continues saying a precious, <laughs> a pre two precious words. Well, it's more than two, but the beginning is, I, I, I just love it. It says in verse four, but when, but when, that, that verse right there is calling and, and is pointed at a moment that something changed. 
That verse is going to point of a moment in time that something changed. There are days in our life and there are days of our life that one can remember and never forget that, is, that are important, right? For example, if you're married, you better remember your anniversary, right? That that day is important. That day marked a big change in life. I remember when I turned 18, that day marked a big change in my life. I went and got, <laughs> I went and got my driver's license back in Costa Rica. I've set it as a goal. I'm gonna have, at 18, I'm going to have my driver's license. We didn't own a car <laughs> in my house, but I wanted to have a driver's license. So I did, I asked one of my friends, I asked my grandfather to teach me to drive. He taught me. I went out to do the test. I didn't know you have to bring a car to do the, the I'm sorry. I just didn't know. And this is back in 1988, back in Costa Rica. I didn't know you have to bring a car to do the test, whatever. So there are some guys out there that were renting their car to do the test. So I went on. Everybody was occupied. The only thing that was available was a truck, a delivery truck. You know, one of those like Amazon trucks, and it's by, and it was a manual truck. I said, okay, I'll do it with that. I've never seen, well, you will want to see the instructor, the instructor next to me. He was so frightened he, because he knew there is no way you practice on this thing. But I was determined because it was my birthday. I wanted to have my driver's license. And they took us on the road and, well, I got the license, and he got a couple more gray air. <laughs> but it was, it was a big day. I still remember, and I can tell you this story. It was a big day. The first day I came to the United States at age 20, when I got on that plane, when I got my visa and came to this, it was a big day. And it changed everything. Little did I know that May 23rd, 1990 was going to mark a life of traveling and missions from country to country in my life. I didn't know, but that's where it started. It's a big day. But let me tell you what, no matter the days in our life that's so special, the birth of a child, the ma- uh, or wedding day, or things as you know, frivolous as getting your driver's license, but there is no more important day, no bigger day than the day we got saved. No bigger day than that. No bigger day than when my soul was, was, that was lost, I that was lost, now I'm found. No bigger day than the day that Jesus rescued me. No bigger day than the day that I was saved from hell. No bigger day than the day that God gave me purpose, that his grace surround me and just capture me. And now I'm in Christ and there's no longer condemnation for me. There is no bigger day than that. And Paul is going to remind them of that. You see? Because we, 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 we forget. After a while, we get, we, 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 we allowed life and, 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 and culture and, and, and time and, and, and other things to creep in and, and, and embark us and surround us and capture us so much that we forget. We forget. Look at verse 4 with me. But when, this is the changing point, the changing mark. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, who he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our hope and eternal life. You see that? He poured out in us freely. He poured out in us richly through Jesus Christ. You do, you know in that moment of salvation, God did not hold back in nothing. He didn't give you part of salvation. 
and didn't give us a partial salvation. He gave it all. Oh, richly pouring in Jesus Christ all the riches of his mercy. Because of his loving kindness, because of his goodness, we got to say like David said back in the book of Psalms, who am I that you will have memory of me? Who am I that the God in heaven will remember me, that will pour out so many mercies, that will cover me with all his grace? Yes, I was one foolish, just like everybody else. Just like any common man without Christ. I was one foolish. We were one foolish and disobedient. But when the grace of God appeared, he saved us. Do you remember the day that grace appeared to you? Do you remember that day? That's a big day. That's a big day. That's a big day you are not to forget. That day is bigger than your birthday. Do you remember that day? And listen to what Paul says to the church in the next verse, in verse 8. He says to them, the saying is trustworthy. It's trustworthy and I want you to insist in these things so that those who have believed in God may be what? Careful to devote themselves to good works. The things are excellent and profitable for people. The reason he wanted them to be reminded of these things, the reason they wanted to be rem reminded of who there was and when change came was for what? It's very interesting that the word says there. It's very interesting that the word says there. This saying is trustworthy. This saying is trustworthy. Do you trust your salvation? Do we trust what Jesus did for us? I know we do. And because it's trustworthy, Paul says, insist in these things. Insist in these things. When we are tempted to be looking so much to this world that our heart and our attitude change and get discouraged, when we are tempted to look at life around us and it seems that the world is crumbling down, so, so it affects us in such a way that we get discouraged and want to stand back or even join them, remember. It tells Timothy, insist in these things. And the reason why him to insist in these things, so that those who believe in God may be what? Careful. May be careful. Careful in what they speak. Careful in what they do. Careful in their action. And to devote themselves. Look at it here the second time. To devote themselves to good works. To devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. The, the, the purpose of the believer, the purpose of the church is to devote herself to good works that are, gonna, that are going to then return into blessed and profitable of the gospel in the life of people. My... Um, I don't know many of you um, um, fish or like boats. Um, um, do you like boats and fish? Okay, I like neither. <laughs> I, I mean, I like boats. I do. But I like the boat that served the midnight buffet. That boat I like, all right? That's my type of boat. <laughs> but that boat that you go in the ocean and you stay at night, you spend all night fishing, and then you only see water and waves are moving you all over the place, and you don't know. I don't. I, I often ask myself, oh, in the world, they, oh, in the world, they know where they're going. When the middle of the ocean, when you only see water, how do you know where you're going? I will be so lost. I'll be wandering through the Pacific until I die. And no one would find me. I wouldn't know how to find um, a land. 
until someone told me, this was years ago, oh, we got a compass. No, no, nowadays you don't have that. Nowadays you have the GPS and so on. But I remember back home, this old man with a group of guys, they're fishermen, but they're, they're, they're old. They're, 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 they're old fishermen. They go out just there with their mother and their, and their nets, and they go out all night fishing. And they invited me. They're like, Ray, come on. I, I love myself. <laughs> I'm not doing that. It's going to be fun. Mm-mm. I'm sure you it was not. And I got a story about that, but I'm not going to tell you now to not you know, embarrass myself too, too, too much. But they will have a compass. And the compass, they will use the compass to direct them to know where to go, to keep in the, in the route, in the line, even though you don't see no... Um, you know, no, <laughs> no signals on the water. There are no lanes on the water. There are no red There's nothing but because of the compass. They know how to go out, where or far, and how to come back. Let Jesus be our compass in this world. In this life, let Jesus be our compass. And by doing good works that are profitable to, the, to people, that is, is manifesting our salvation, the grace that we, that we enjoy by doing that then my life then the church is profitable to all people he said for them to be devoted to good words i'll tell you for so many times i I, 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 you know i think of myself how many things i'm missing out for being so distracted Oh, many things I am missing out of being so distracted. And, and of course, you all know I'm a pastor. And if you don't know, well, you know now. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of into this more, more so than perhaps you are during the week, right? But I still feel, man, how much more is there that I'm missing out because I'm distracted? How much more could be done? I become so distracted. And Paul is saying, listen, remind them of these things. Remind them of their salvation. So they will be devoted to good works. And this is excellent and profitable to people. Our main message is the glory and the gospel of Jesus Christ for all people. He is the one that made the change. When that but comes in, that's the marking point of Totally different in a person's life. Totally different in a person's life. Then he's going to have another but. Something he should be insisting in. Look at verse, you would please, verse 9. He says, but avoid. <laughs> you see, first he said, remind them. Salvation. Now he said, but avoid. There are things we should be reminded of and things we should avoid. What things he said we should avoid? Let's read on. But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. Oh, that's a strong word. And Work, right? You call something worthless, that's a strong word. You call something unprofitable, that's a strong word. What, what was the problem is that the, the, some of the Jews that were saved, well, the, well they said they're saved, they, they, they were spending their time arguing and fussing and quarreling about the Atilda or uh, or a comma, or a this or that in the law. Genealogies and quarreling about all these superficial and all of these side things and not focusing on Jesus Christ and the gospel. Oh my. We could spend time on that one, right? We could spend time on that one. 
How many times we engage yourself. I mean you could see the passion. I mean you could see the sweats. I mean you could see the eyebrows going. You could see the fists. Getting ready when the eagles are going to face the giants. Huh? You could see that. I know and my quarterback. Oh no. And this quarterback. And I see people get so up in arms because of football. Soccer for us Latinos, oh my goodness, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And so is a lot of other things that we spend time and effort and energy that are unprofitable and worthless because they go nowhere. And the problem is they not only go nowhere, they lead people to nowhere. But guess what? When we focus on the word of God, when we focus on giving the gospel, well, the gospel leads to somewhere and it leads people to Jesus. And that's the solution, isn't it? For all the foolishness and evilness of man, what the solution? What was the solution for you? Why all in a sudden you start thinking right? Why in a sudden your speech change? Why in a sudden your attitude change? Why all in a sudden you carry a Bible? Why in a sudden you understand the Bible? Why in a sudden you want to live right? Why all in a sudden you enjoy, you enjoy coming to church and serve and a Bible study, etc. Why in a sudden all this happened in your life? Because you're so good? Because you all of a sudden got enlightened? All of a sudden you evolve? No. It was because of Jesus. It was because of Jesus. And guess what? That's the same exact thing that every single one out there need to hear and need to say. Everything else is worthless. Because from time to time, things can change. Has coronavirus proven that? <laughs> yes. Just like this, things can change. But there is one that will never change. And his promises never change. Strong words. He said, avoid these things. Avoid quarrels. Avoid foolish debates. Avoid them. He continues saying this. Being a little bit more personal. Listen to this. He says, as a person who is stirred division after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him. Knowing that such a person is warped and sinful, he is self-condemned. He's telling him, listen, don't pay attention to those in the congregation that, is, that perhaps in, in, in the group, in the church they're in Crete, they're causing division. If they've been warned once or twice, after that, I've nothing to do with, with, with them. They're self-condemned. Put them aside. Focus on what is important. You know, um, one of the jobs that, 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 that one, one as a pastor try not to be doing always is to putting out fires. As a pastor, I tell you that that's one of the most, um, um, how can I say this? Because I'm in front of my congregation. <laughs> Let's put it this way. One of the jobs you enjoy less. Because here we are having to put out a fire here with a member that has been in church for 20 years. I have to put out a fire there. And then you have to put out another fire here. Listen, let's stop putting out fire and let's work together in doing good works in that that is important. That's what is necessary. That's what we are called for. And being a missionary, Paul is going to end the letter, focus their, focusing titles and the church in missions, in others. Look at verse, please, verse 12. Then he says, these are the final instructions. He says to them, when I send Artemis and Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis. 
for I have decided to spend the winter there. 13. Do your best to speed Cenas, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way. See that they lack nothing. And let our people learn to devote themselves to good works so as to help cases of urgent need and not be unfruitful. Pause there for a second. I think we got the message, Paul. <laughs> for the third time, at the end of the letter, he said to Titus, listen, encourage your people, let our people learn how to be fruitful and to devote themselves to what again? Good works. I love the part that he said, do your best to come see me. He was going to send in, he was, he was sending in a substitute to Titus for him to have a time to come and see him. And then he said, there are two missionaries that are going to go by. Do your best to send them on their way. Do your best to send them on their way. His heart, his compass, his focus was what? The gospel. The gospel. The role of the church and every believer in the gospel. To do our best. To do our best. Folks, as we consider these things, let us God to help us remind ourselves to these things. To remember, to remember, to remind ourselves of these things. To avoid those things that are not profitable for the gospel, for the church, and for ourselves. But above all, to devote ourselves to good works. To devote ourselves to the gospel. To, the work, to devote ourselves to the church of Christ. To remember that when the grace of God appeared in our life. And how everything changed. And exactly that's the solution for everybody else that we see. And that's what we are called to do. That's what we are called to do. I want to encourage you, like I did a couple weeks ago, go back and read Titus. Easy reading. Titus. Easy reading. Three chapters. It will encourage you and challenge you. And point us in the right direction. Most of all, let our hearts be ready to follow through. To remind, to avoid, and to do. Those three things. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. It really, really is like honey. You like, can't get enough of it. It's so sweet. It's so good. It's so rich. I pray, God, that we'll be a church that are devoted to good works, that we are devoted to things that are profitable to you and to those around us, that we are devoted, God, to your gospel, to each other, to giving out the message. Thank you so much that we have your word. And please, Lord, help us never forget that moment in time that you changed our life, changed our life. That you gave us salvation. You gave us purpose. You gave us life, eternal life. Heavenly Father, let us be passionate for that and because of that for the rest of the world. And devote herself to good works. Thank you for your word. What a challenging passage. Help us, help us to follow your command. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We're dismissed.